I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Tai Seifu. Welcome back to Fusion and Hockey Podcast, the February 20th edition, as we march our way through the National Hockey League regular season. And today, the team that we will be discussing is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I gotta say, it lined up pretty well that we managed to pick the Penguins. I don't, wait, did you mention when we picked the Penguins last week, oh, Crossy might score his 500th goal this week? Or is, was that just a total coincidence? I don't think that was ever on my radar up until it happened. So uh, I think it's it's good fortune that we were on the uh, the Penguins beat. Also, somebody somebody on the team got a contract too. So it was it was Penguins news all bound. Yeah, I was gonna mention that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. very eventful week for, uh, for the Penguins. Um, do we want to go chronologically and just talk about Crosby's 500th goal when we get there? Or do we do we want to start with the big story? I'll let you make the call. Uh, you know what? Let's let's go chronologically. You know. We don't we don't want to forget that Devils game. Uh no, not that there was anything ah, yes. particularly interesting. Uh but yeah, start of the week in New Jersey uh against a bad team in the Devils who by the way um you know countered being played against you know they were playing at the same time as the Super Bowl. Uh they really drew those eyes in with those jersey jerseys. Uh you, you love to see it. It's good vibes all around and I'm all for it. That's you know. Personal too. <laughs> Devils in their broader jersey jerseys. It's it's an eye popper. It's an eye popper, and whoever watches the game isn't you know is pleasantly surprised. So I gotta say, uh, the jersey jerseys. I was pleasantly surprised. I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I was pleasantly surprised. I saw. I was like, that's hilarious. I cannot believe they're sticking with this bit, and they're playing legitimate games in a jersey that has jersey scrawled all over it in some whack ass cursive writing. Um, so you know, I appreciated it, and uh, you know. I, 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 they're sticking to the bit, and I love the jerseys. I, I cannot stress I that enough. Didn't we? Well, we definitely talked about these jerseys when they we came did. out. Are you sure? Did you like them then too? Because I thought we were on the same page. Like, oh, these are garbage. I'm pretty sure I was higher than you on higher than you on this jersey. Uh, either that, or my position has completely changed. Uh, and I've watched this in game, and I realized that you know. Yeah, sometimes it's, you know, like, if there's, it's just funny to see them in game. You know, just like, we don't see the neon green yeah. Dallas jersey around anymore, so it's not fun. Um, but I, we still see the New Jersey jersey, you know, fucking lying around. So I think that's, it's not just to sell jerseys, they actually play in them, and I think that's particularly funny. And appreciable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, appreciable is maybe a bit of a stretch. But anyway. Um, I appreciate let's it. Talk about, let's talk about I even mentioned it on the game. podcast. All right. Um... The uh the the first major event of this game that stuck out to me was not really to do with the Penguins. It was to do with New Jersey Devil PK Subban. Oh hell yeah! Um, what a dangle! Do you remember that that vintage PK? It reminded me of 2013. What a rush! End to end rush. Um, he went. You know, he went. It seemed like his back is all better. I don't know if it is, but he went around a bunch of Penguins. Did one of those like through the leg things, and uh, Marion Studenick tapped in the rebound, but it ended up getting waved off for. Uh, for one reason or another, but the Devils managed to score first anyway. It was a, a Jack Hughes snipe, and the Penguins were behind. Yeah, no, uh, I thought the goal should have counted. Not not necessarily because it followed the rule, it didn't follow the, follow whatever the rules, you know. Uh, but uh, just because it was cool, would have been a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, Subban in a jersey, jersey, elite combo, elite combo. He looks better in a, in a jersey, jersey than a Habs jersey. I will, I'll put that out there. Um, Ooh. but yeah, that's, that's a hot take. Uh, and yeah, you know, I thought this game was pretty evenly played. Um, maybe a bit more even than I would have liked if I was a Penguins fan, um, given that, you know, they're the Penguins, they've been rolling this season. Um, but yeah, no, I felt like the Devils, 
Uh, they got off to the faster start. They, they, you know, it's a trend that I saw throughout the week um, with the Penguins. They seem to be giving up uh, a lot of rush chances. Um, and, you know, you saw that on the Heischer goal. Uh, but, yeah, so they're down early. I think, what, they tied it up. And then they go up 2-1 or did the uh, – yeah, they went up 2-1. And then what was off uh, a Mike Matheson goal. Let's go. Apparently, he's been he's been contributing offensively. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I wanted to mention, like, because Michael Madison scored the tying goal to make a 1-1 for Pittsburgh on uh, a slap shot. Yeah. And I feel like, for some reason, that's been, like, a theme for us in these, like, teams we picked that, like, really shitty defensemen have hard slap shots that, <laughs> slap shots that go in. Uh, I can't... I just feel like that's happened recently. Like, did we watch Chris Russell do it or something like that? Um that's been going on more and more. But as you say, I guess Matheson's been uh, maybe a slightly pleasant surprise for people whose expectations were beneath the floor like perhaps <laughs> ours were. Yeah. I mean, any any sort of production, any sort of positive input from Mike Matheson uh, is 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 shocking, honestly. I did not expect anything from him. We, remember, we laughed at him, and we continue to laugh at him. We're making that trade to acquire him. Uh, yeah, no, I think later in the week we also saw like it was uh, Nick Steeler. Scoring a slap shot yeah. for the Flyers. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> LMAO, uh, you know, defenseman goalies, goals from the point. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Um, and then from there, what Brian Russ scored, uh, part part of uh, that Russ-Gensel-Crosby line just completely driving the, the Penguins' offense. Um, they continue to be red hot and, and pretty insane. Uh, then the Devils tied it up with Nico Heischer um, off, off a redirect. And then... Uh, you know, noted dude Brian Boyle getting the winner. Off, I think it was a pretty gritty goal out in the in the front of the net, making it three two, and then they scored the empty net with Gensel. Yeah, I remember at that point of the game, like right before Boyle scored, um, it was tied two two, and the Penguins were really pressing a lot. And it was like, okay, now you know enough time has passed. The Devils are getting tired, and we're really starting to see who the decidedly better team is. Because uh, I think I think that first line was pressing for a while. I think they might have had a power play even. Uh, and then like the the Evan Rodriguez, Casper Kapman unit came out, sustained the pressure. They were getting chance after chance. It kind of felt like, all right, it's a matter of time before they get one. And then it was a uh, fourth liner, former NHL All Star uh, Brian Boyle who who got that game winner. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's about it for the Devils game. Pretty pretty boilerplate. Uh, and uh, you know, good for you know like for the Penguins. Um, they come out with a win. They come out with the two points, and uh, I mean that's that's the thing with the Penguins, right? You can trust them on, on most nights in any given season, really, in the past decade, uh, to go up against a shit team uh, and to come out with a win. And that's 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 what they what's that's what they did on that was it last Sunday. Yep, and the second time they went up against a shit team and came out with out with the win was only a couple days later against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, 5-4 overtime win. This one was was much more eventful than the Devils game, as you might expect from uh, a Philly-Pittsburgh game. The major event, though, was, of course, as we've already mentioned, Crosby's 500th goal. Uh, it was 1-1 at that point. Um, first goal was by Claude Giroux on a 2-on-1, future member of the Colorado Avalanche, so everyone's saying. Uh, then Dominic Simone deflected in like a Marcus Pedersen shot pass. Crosby, 500 at home, everyone cheers, uh, and all his teammates get off the bench to uh, to to congratulate him. Big celebration, um, and actually, it wasn't that long ago. I was looking at like all-time goal leaders for one reason or another, 
and I was looking at Crosby's name, and he was sitting at like 497 or something at that point. And I was like, oh, he's not at 500 yet. That's kind of crazy um, because he's amazing. On the other hand, though, uh, I know he's how old is he now? He's 34, and he's never really been uh, like you know primarily a goal scorer, even though he has won a Rocket Richard Trophy, and he's missed a bunch of time due to injury and you know series of lockouts and COVID stoppages. Um, that in some ways, uh, it is kind of amazing that it only did take him till age 34 to get to this milestone yeah um for a guy who's really been uh his hallmark is is his all-around play right he's really kind of good at everything um and so yeah the goal spent scoring isn't his specialty uh yeah you add in the uh it, it's really you can chalk it up to i think the the injury um you know his concussion troubles taking a big part of his prime uh all the way back when uh and otherwise i mean what he probably does this two years ago right um at this point uh, and, you know, obviously the lockout, COVID, whatnot, um, if he gets him even more games in, he's probably at, what, 560, 580. Um, so, yeah, yeah, victim of unfortunate circumstance for sure. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, here he is, 500 goals. Um, an appropriate reaction, very nice, of the team to come out on the bench, uh, come off the bench for that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a shit goal, though, uh, you know. Carter no, Hart. it wasn't. It was yeah, nice. Come on. Come on. It went, oh, oh, it went right yeah. into the body. It went right to the yeah, body. What is he doing? It was terrible. I was thinking, I was. it wasn't like a garbage goal. It was just like Carter Hart should have had it. Yeah, it exactly. was a really nice setup for everything all around. It was very pretty to look at. Oh, yeah. No, the, the power play uh, on this team is, is quite spectacular, I got to say, uh, from what we saw all week. Um, they, they get it moving, you know? And, and honestly, after years of watching the Habs kind of fuck around on the power play with like Shea Weber and shit, whenever I, you know, <laughs> we, we move around and we get to like consistently like zone, like, you know, what is it? Zone in on a good power play. It's, uh, it's really surprising. Like, you know, you get to watch the lightning for a bit or you get to watch the penguins. Uh, and it's crazy how they move it around East, West, you know, and they, they, they find all the open space and it's like, <laughs> you compare to the abs and it's really, I don't know, depressing, kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, the, the power play rocks. Uh, and uh, Sidney Crosby rocks. And uh, yeah, you got that. Everyone was talking about that, how Malkin had the only assist on that goal. So that's a, a nice touch. Yeah. And did he, the Penguins tweeted out that long list of like everyone who's ever had an assist on a Crosby goal. It was like Malkin had like 107. Latang had like 100 or something. Kunitz was number three or maybe ahead of Latang. Anyway, it was a long list. It's kind of interesting to look at, go through, you know, see some names. I saw Brandon Sutter had like two. And it's kind of funny because like, because like you're going, you're like the bottom of the list. You see like the people in like the single digits. And it's like, yeah, I guess Brandon Sutter, he was on the Penguins for a while, but also, you know, he's the third line center and probably wasn't on the ice with Crosby that much. So just interesting. But yeah, as you, when you, one thing that I find so fun to watch, I think a really great power play is like maybe one of my favorite things to watch in hockey because a lot of times in sports, they'll talk about how athletes will make something that's really hard look really easy. Um, even like, for example, a great penalty kill. When a penalty kill is clicking and you're not letting the other team get anything going, that always looks pretty easy. It's like, just put pressure on them and then shoot the puck down the ice. Like, what could be easier than that? Um, when a power play is rolling, though, it doesn't look easy. Like, it's like, it's all, it's always extremely impressive and you can tell how difficult it is and how skilled the players are. And I think that's what makes a great power play so fun to watch, like the one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're just, you know, Fucking zipping around like like really nobody else in the world could. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, kudos to the coaching staff for, for because their penalty kill 
I think they're they're probably goes better than their power play in Pittsburgh, right? Um, I think they're they're tops in the league, um, if not second. And so you know, special teams really the bread and butter out in Pittsburgh. Uh, but but yeah, no, it's it's definitely impressive. Um, and yeah, no, it makes power plays that much more exciting. You know, when a pen when when the opposing team gets a penalty, you're like, oh boy, we might actually get a goal here. Uh, meanwhile, when when we were watching Montreal, I was like, oh okay, so we're just about to lose two minutes of our time, aren't we? Uh, well, yeah. pray we don't give up a shorty. Um, but no, nah, no, with Pittsburgh, it's uh, all right. We're, we're actually anticipating something. We're holding our breath. There's there's Crosby, Russ, Gensel, Malkin on the ice, and it gets it gets wild out there. Get to the same for Montreal. Yeah, that's how I feel like watching the World Juniors. Like, even, not even just Team Canada, but power plays of that tournament tend to click around like at least twenty five percent. The good teams sometimes close to like forty percent, and it's always when there's a power play, it's like you don't want to look away from the TV. Something something interesting is about to happen. Um, yeah, I was gonna say something else about Crosby too. Um, when I think of all the time he missed from the concussions back about ten years ago, I think of the twenty ten eleven season where he played exactly half the year. He played 41 games, and he had 32 goals and 32 assists. He was on pace for a 64-goal season, um, which is the, would, be, would have been the second highest total of the century after Ovechkin's 65-goal year, uh, and 132 points, which is... Has, it, does, has anyone have a higher total than that this decade? I know Kucherov was close. I don't think he was quite there. Uh, McDavid is probably going to pass it. Um but especially in that time, the guy who won the Art Ross that year was Daniel Sedin with 104. Crosby would have been on a planet by his own. So it's just it's really such a shame that what may have been the absolute best two or three years of his career uh, were largely uh, largely lost. Yeah, no, it's, it's unfortunate. I think what he was is his year 24, 25. That's uh, 26 seasons. Um, you know. That's that's the athletic big, and he's he's spectacular even at thirty four, which is crazy. Um, he's still driving the offense. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, definitely the people were robbed of uh, you know, what of of a good chunk of his prime. Um, so that's unfortunate. But here he is scoring fifteen goals. Uh, how many goals does he have this year? What fourteen, fifteen? Um, now and uh, yeah, he's still chugging along pretty quietly. I gotta say, we don't talk about Sidney Crosby too much these days. Um, but he's still still putting in work, as they say. Putting in the hours. That's right. Uh, I, just, I, went on, I went on Cap Friendly to search up Crosby's stats, and I couldn't help but notice that there is a new addition on the top of the signings part. The Columbus Blue Jackets it looks like just signed some guy named Jet Greaves, um, who I only point out because his name is Jet. Uh, so, <laughs> it looks like he's. Looks like he's J-E-T. Looks like he's 20 years old, born March wow. 30th, 2001. Uh, and he's a goalie who has played 13 games in the AHL this year with the Cleveland Monsters, putting up an 898 save percentage in 13 games. And in 15 games, the ECHL, a 907. And they said, you know what? Let's give him an NHL contract. Congratulations to 20-year-old Jet Greaves. Shout out, shout out. Um... Was he drafted, or is he just some random AHL goalie? That undrafted. Like, wow. At 20 years old, AHL contract. You got lots of drafted people not getting that kind of deal. Um, so, goalie of the future? Maybe. I doubt it. Probably but, not. But, you know, with an 898, perhaps not. Uh, but uh, but he's only 20 in the AHL. That's you true. really don't see that often. That's true. So, so shout out to Jed Greaves. He's, he's making it rain. 
uh, with that NHL contract. Born in 2001, still not used to it. Uh, still born the same as you as me. Same as you, you. Yep. insane. Jack Reeves. Anyway, so we're like one third of the way through this Flyers Penguins game. Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and as you mentioned, uh, Nick fucking Sealer scored on a hard slap shot. The why do I keep saying slap shot? Slap shot. Trend continues. Even even Justin S. Braun got a goal. Shot it off like Marcus Pedersen's ankles or something. Yeah. It was four three Flyers. Penguins were down by two. Seven minutes left. Uh, and we're sitting here asking ourselves the question: Are the Flyers shitty enough to blow it? You know it. So Jake Gensel <laughs> scores of a rebound on the uh, the edge of the crease on the power play. Less than twenty seconds later, Chad Ruedel pinches in. No one picks up on him, uh, and it's a tie game. Chad Ruedel, who would who had earned a, a contract extension later in the week, just yesterday, he signed a, a new two year deal. Um, and perhaps that uh, that goal was what what sealed the deal. Yeah, you know what they said. And in overtime, it was it was Chris Letang who scored. The, uh, the winner, five hole on, on Carter Hart. Yeah, you know what they say? That was a $1.6 million goal for Chad Ruido. First of the year. Yeah, yeah. Why? He secured the paycheck, uh, you know, because they couldn't lose the 500th goal game. Uh, and management saw that and he's like, there we go. Attaboy, Chad. Yeah, you've been real clutch there. Here's here's a couple year contract for you, depth defenseman. Uh, yeah, not much to say on that contract. He's, uh, he's exactly that. Third pairing dude who's fine. He's fine. Uh, he'll give you a goal once a year, and that's all you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> In a really important moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just when you need it. Um, so yeah, Chris, Chris Letang, yeah, scoring the winner. So that that's that's good for them, winning the Crosby 500 game. Um, but yeah, it was you saw you know some concerning trends I would say uh, in this Flyers game that then popped up in the next game with the Leafs. Um, you know, for a defense that I would say is is. In the top ten of this league, if you just look at it on paper, uh, and, and you like, you know, close your eyes when you see Mike Madsen's name. Um, it was it was a disappointing defensive effort. They were very sloppy in their own zone. Um, you saw it on the like the the what was it the third goal, the Scott Lawton goal. Um, and you you know you saw a bunch of giveaways. I uh, saw a bunch of odd man rushes for the Flyers, uh, and then you know you, you saw it in the Leafs as well. The Leafs had like I don't know how many fucking breakaways. Um, but yeah, no, the Penguins need to kind of tidy it up, you know, especially with, you know, you shouldn't be giving up four goals to the Flyers. I understand they won the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the defensive play kind of, I threw a red flag there. It's a good thing that they came back to win it. Otherwise, I'd be uh, sitting here talking about how they kind of bad in defense zone. Yeah, I was actually going to mention when we got to the Leafs game, uh, similar thing, but specifically not to be like a, a, a Mark Spector type and point the fingers at the best one. But Chris Letang kind of caught my eye a couple times this week for like not great reasons. Um, in that Devils game, actually, uh, there was like a, a great scoring chance by uh, Igor Sharangovich where Letang ended up just kind of like diving around. Um, and there was a, I think the Hisher shot like went in off his skate too, which is like, you know, kind of kind of fluky, but perhaps an indication that you weren't in such great position. Uh, and I saw it even more. I found it against the Leafs. There was um, oh, which one was it? Uh, the the David Camp shorthanded goal, which was the third goal of the game that made it three nothing Leafs. Um, Chris Letang had the puck at the point, and David Camp puts a bunch of pressure on him, uh, and just kind of you know takes it away from him, and then it leads to uh, a rush with Morgan Riley. Chris Letang again ended up kind of hopelessly diving and flailing around and David Camp scored a, a goal that wasn't too difficult. I don't know if you you picked up on the same kind of thing. I know Latang's like he's he's getting up there a bit, you know, he's 
he's in his mid thirties. He's 34 years old uh, as well. Just like Crosby, I think. Um, and I think he's had a pretty good year in general, uh, but maybe at least on the defensive zone, age is starting to catch up to him a little bit. Yeah. I think his bread and butter at this point in his career is his offensive contribution uh, as his, as his fantasy owner, I can attest he, he puts up the point numbers. Um, but yeah, no, there were, there were definitely some moments there with Latang where I was like, uh, okay, maybe he's uh, losing the foot speed a bit in the defensive zone, so it's kind of hurting him. Um, but yeah, no, with the Leafs game, you know, they ended up losing 4-1. Uh, really, all of the goals were kind of off the rush, right? Uh, Matthews, the first goal was a Matthews breakaway. Uh, the second goal was on the power play. Riley just kind of, like, it was like a coast-to-coast goal, right? He just kind of shredded through the entire lineup there. Um, started from his own end, ended up pretty much unopposed, uh, standing in front of Tristan Jari. Uh, and then you talk about the David Camp goal, make it 3 nothing. Um, what Malkin scored to make it 3-1. But then uh, before that, there was another Matthews breakaway that was stopped by Jari. Um, and was it m- m- fucking, what's his first name again? Mike Bunting? Yes. There you go. Yeah, Michael uh, Bunting. Scor- scoring off the rush. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it, a lot of rush goals. And it was like, you know, we, we saw it in the Devils game a bit. Saw it in the Flyers game. And it just kind of the dam broke against uh, a team that's really rolling in the Leafs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, which is, you know, perhaps slightly cause for concern, uh, especially when you take into account the fact that Tristan Jari's been pretty spectacular all season long, um, and he has uh, bailed them out at several points. Even at the Devils game near the end, uh, not or not quite near the end, but after they went up 3-2, to two, the Devils had uh, a little bit of sustained pressure, and Jerry bailed, Jari bailed them out a few times. Um, and still, a lot of us tend to think about when we think of Tristan Jari, last year in the playoffs against the New York Islanders when he single-handedly cost them the series by displaying some of the worst goaltending any of us have ever seen in, in our entire life, lives for, for about six games in a row. And that may be cause for worry for some Penguins fans. So I was, as I was looking at their roster, they have some a decent amount of cap space. Cap Friendly says a deadline cap space, $4 million on the dot. And I thought, should they go after Flurry? You know, Casey DeSmith, not such a great backup. Jari's been great. Uh, if Jari falters again, may it be nice to have Marc-Andre Fleury there. Half retained, you can get him in under $4 million. Um, the other option is that the Penguins should be one of the teams going balls to the wall after Jacob Chikrin because I think that would be such a great fit on their team. Um, their left side of the defense is kind of weak. And they have three good defensemen, or well, they have two good defensemen, and Michael Matheson, who they play on the bottom pair all the time. Um, none of them I really see as being top pair caliber players. Brian Dumoulin, Dumoulin's been there for many years now, but I think, as you mentioned, these red flags on defense, Chris Letang's defensive game may be slipping a little bit. Jacob Chikrin is uh, probably exactly what you would love to have to take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think, well, obviously the cost will be astronomical. Uh, I heard the, the rumors are Coyotes are asking for the sun and the moon. Um, but, yeah, as no, they should. As they should. Um, but, yeah, no, you, you, you bump everybody on that left side down one notch, and you have Michael Matheson as your seventh defenseman. Uh, it looks a lot better, right? Uh, you know, that cascading effect is absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, hell, you could stick Dumoulin on that first pairing uh, because, you know, Latang and Chicken both play pretty offensive styles. Stick him with Marino. Uh, Chikrin, and uh, there you go. You got a rock solid top. New four. top pair, then Chikrin Marino. Yeah, there we go, and it would be fantastic. Uh, so 
you know, that, 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 well, obviously very speculative, um, but it would do wonders for them. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, no, if, if not goaltending upgrade certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, you're absolutely right. Casey, the Smith, uh, not very good. Didn't look the greatest again in the Flyers game when he was playing this week. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, no, he's not helping his case and you know, he hasn't helped this case all year. And for a team that, you know, we've seen, uh, it's good to have a tandem heading into the playoffs. So, uh, Unless you got a, like an elite elite goalie, we don't know if Jerry can can sustain that all year. Uh, and if he can't, it's good. It's great to have a fallback option that isn't Casey DeSmith. So uh, you know, Fleur wouldn't be a bad option, and Chicken wouldn't be wouldn't be a bad option at all. Uh, and with Crosby at what thirty four, mocking around that age, uh, Latang obviously getting up there. Uh, now's the time to do it. Um, you know, fuck, fuck the future. Let's just let's just go all in all now. Uh, try to win another cup because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like the, I I have you know. General faith in this team once they make the playoffs, you know? So, me too. Why not? Remember, yeah. I picked them to go to the finals last year. Don't forget. Yep. And Trish and Jari screwed me over. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to fall for it again and probably pick them to go far once again this year. Uh, if I'm being honest, looking at how things are currently shaping up, I would probably pick them over the Rangers and maybe the Hurricanes as well, even though they lost to the Hurricanes today, uh, which is a game I actually was not able to watch, which is why we aren't talking about it. Um, on Chikrin, though, um, to be fair, there are like a ton of teams who should probably be going balls to the wall after him. I'd kind of thought like left Florida would be really in the running for him. Um, Boston also, that would fill a gaping hole on the, even though they also, they already do have a pretty good defense. Um, but their left side is kind of like Matt Grizzlick, Mike Riley, you know, Jacob Jigren would obviously be a massive boost and uh, you know, pretty much any team, the Rangers as well uh, would absolutely love to go after him. So I think Arizona they have a high asking price, they should, and they probably will get exactly what they want because with all the teams that should be very interested in uh, a like 23-year-old left-shot defenseman under team control on a very reasonable deal for uh, for how long? It's definitely more than just this year, at least one more. Um, you'll have a lot of suitors, and you're probably going to get uh, a king's ransom. Yep, as they should. You think you think he they'll he'll sell him? They'll sell him this offseason? Uh, no, this offseason prior to the trade deadline. Uh, I think yes. If I had to guess, um, oh wow, he signed for three more years after this at four point six million. Fire that his is agent. A, Fire his that agent. That is an terrible. insanely good deal. <laughs> wow, wow, wowie. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, well, if I had to make a prediction, I guess I don't know. I would say it's the smart thing to sell him now, just because he uh is more valuable with this one extra playoff run, even though that he has three more years left now instead of just like one, the change in the value from the deadline to the off season is maybe small enough where if you don't get your perfect deal, you wait it out and see if someone ponies up something better um, at the draft. And they already have a million picks. They have eight picks in the first two rounds, so they can probably afford to be pretty patient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that that extra long contract gives them a lot of leeway. Um, so I would not be surprised at all if they held on to him. Um, but uh, I mean, teams should come a knocking for it. Uh, this is the kind of guy where you go all in. Why not? He's as you said, the age is there. The contract is beautiful. Uh, so you know, he he's the guy people should be going for. And who can't use a defenseman like Jacob Chikrin? Uh So yeah, that's that. Um, speaking of the trade deadline, unless you have anything else to add on the Penguins. Um, Go on ahead. We have a couple of trades this week. Um, one, one more significant than the other, and we'll start with the bigger one. Uh, and one that happened first chronologically. We have Tyler Toffoli 
of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, getting moved across the country to Calgary. Um, so yeah, the Flames trading for Tyler Foley. Solid top six uh, forward, supplementing that top six. Uh, in exchange for, what was it? A first-round pick, Emil Heineman, and was there another pick? Was there a fifth-round pick? And a fifth-round pick. There we go. And Tyler Pitlick, ah, the cousin yeah. of Rem and of Rhett, who are both already part of the Habs organization. Wow. Uh, so all three Pitlicks That's are crazy. together in Montreal now. It's beautiful. Uh, kind of insane. <laughs> uh, the Habs are so they're very fun to talk about these days. Um, for, first of all, actually, after beating the Islanders this afternoon, they have their first two-game winning streak wow. of the season. Congratulations. Their first time this year winning back-to-back. <laughs> Congratulations. Only- I, was, I was checking. <laughs> Before these two games, do you know how many wins they had in their last 25? <laughs> Two. two. Oh god two they were i was because i was looking at it like oh have they won back to back this year the answer is, is no i think before these two wins they had like seven losses then a win then six losses then a win then 10 losses or something like that uh and leading into disarms firing there was like an 8-2 loss a 6-3 loss a 7-2 loss a 5-4 loss and a 7-1 loss or something crazy like that but anyway uh, oh, and also, um, my dad showed me something in the Gazette that was really funny. There was like an advertisement, like, um, "But get your Canadian season tickets. It's a new era." And the, <laughs> it was a pic, and it was a picture of Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, and Martin Saint Louis. And he was like, "It's probably a bad sign when you're get your season tickets. It's a new era. Doesn't even have any players on it. It has like two front office people and the new coach, who's an like, interim coach. It's an interim coach. I know the interim coach. Uh-huh. But anyway." Um, to fully trade kind of materialized pretty quickly. And I have, I've, I've mixed feelings about it. Um, on one hand, this certainly does signal a teardown, which is the smart thing to do, uh, for Montreal, because in Toffoli, you have a great player, undoubtedly a top six winger, um, who is on a brilliant deal for two years after this one. And his value Will probably would probably have never been higher than it was at that time when they traded him moving forward. Um, and so they said, let's maximize the value. Um, the problem is, I'm not even I'm not even sure if they didn't maximize the value uh, because I I find it hard to believe that there's no team where you could have been able to squeeze out a better prospect than Emil Haneman uh, along with the rest of that package. I'm generally a big Emil Haneman fan. In his draft year, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's this guy's pretty good. You know, he's got a nice goal-scoring touch. He should go in the mid-second round, which is exactly where he went. Uh, and he's doing pretty well in the Swedish league. Um, and I know we don't know exactly how these prospects are going to pan out, of course. Um, but I tend to have a hard time thinking he's going to develop into more than, like, uh, a, a, compliment, a lower half of the lineup complimentary piece you can maybe chip in some offense um and calgary had many better prospects than that and perhaps it's a bit optimistic to think you get someone like connor zary or jacob peltier but i feel like with how fast this materialized gordon and, and uh hughes should have pushed for more than this been a little more patient yeah i think so too 
Um, yeah, I think is the right move to sell now. I mean, like they just hit double digit wins. Isn't that crazy? It took them 50 games to win 10 of them, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is spectacular. Uh, and also, and I just, just under the buzzer too. They had to win 49 and 50 to get there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And just at the buzzer in, in multiple ways. Um, I think what it was against the Blues where they barely squeaked it out, like Caulfield scored uh, with a few seconds left. So it's, yeah, a bunch were, of these their wins were in overtime too, or the shootout. Yeah, they had no, at least I, two shootout wins now. <laughs> still at single like hardcore single digit regulation <laughs> wins um but yeah no first of all you love to see caulfield doing well uh under San Luis. They have, uh, four goals five goals now pretty wild good for him um but uh anyways yeah no it's the right thing to sell Toffoli is an asset you should sell he's 29 years old he's not gonna be part of your future um and spectacular contract big time asset um and i feel like yeah you should have gotten for a guy of his caliber a top six forward at the trade deadline with future team control at a reasonable cost that feels like a Two first round pick asset at least um or at least you know a first round pick and a first round caliber prospect which Heineman isn't uh I think we can agree on that he's fine um but yeah you, it feels like you should have gotten more um and I feel the same way where it's like you know kind of kind of torn on it because I feel like the Habs absolutely should have gotten more as for the Flames uh fantastic pickup um you know he, he does great wonders for your top six uh and came out of solid cost for a team that should be going all in, um, who who have been you know kind of reticent about it uh, in past years, and it seems like you know with Daryl Sutter at the helm, they've got Jacob Markstrom holding down the fort. Uh, it seems like they're going all in this year, uh, and perhaps next year with a guy like Toffoli who still will still be around. Um, so so good for the Flames in that sense, um, but for the Habs, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't stop feeling like they should have gotten that. They should have reached that two first round pick threshold. Um, but yeah, you love to see all three pit on the same team. Yeah. Um, whether they all actually will be on the team huh. one day Organization. is up for debate. But yes, I understand the sentiment. Did you see the goal to fully score in his first game with the Flames? Oh, yes. The one footer. Uh, yeah, was- he was like balancing on one foot. It was like, it felt like he could have fallen over any minute, but he didn't. It was it was a beauty. And then the Flames, uh, Flames fans started chanting his name. Game number one. Wow. It's kind of insane. Which which brings me to my next point, which is that Habs fans in general are pretty sad to see this guy go. He wasn't here for long, um, but he endeared himself he to did. the fan base extremely quickly, um, partly because he absolutely torched the Canucks like five <laughs> times in a row right near the start of last yeah. season. That was when I was – because um, uh, when they signed him, we were all super excited about, it. oh, this is a great deal. And he started off like a little slow, and then all of a sudden – he meets the Canucks and he gets on such a roll. He was like, he was leading the league in goals for a decent stretch. Uh, and even this season, I know he was, he was injured for, for a, a big chunk of it, but when he was playing on this God awful team, it felt like he was like the only, or one of the very few bright spots and that he just tended to have good vibes. And uh, I know his, his wife as well is uh, beloved in the community amongst the fans as well. Uh, admittedly, I'm not too familiar with exactly why, but they seem to be liked. Um, he also, Toffoli, always did like that pose in practice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he like put his hand on his hip and, and something, like every single time. No idea. And people started making a. Oh, uh, if you look it up, you could probably find that pretty easily. Like Toffoli hand on hip, um, and because he just uh, as his natural pose, I guess. And I people see started it. to notice it uh-huh. and take stock of it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, people loved him here right away. Uh, so in that sense, it's kind of sad he was only here for for a little over a calendar year. Um, and you know, he felt like such a hab the entire time He did that 
he had the same it has the same effect of like when it's weird to see a player in like another team's jersey like when Subban went to Nashville or Dayarnay went to Edmonton it's like that's so weird you belong in a Habs jersey Tafoy was only here for a year and yet seeing him in a Calgary jersey kind of had that same effect even even look, watching old clips of him in like an LA Kings or Vancouver jersey I'm like you know that's kind of off-putting he belongs in Montreal you're absolutely right you're absolutely right uh, I'm looking at pictures right now uh him in a Kings jersey his his mugshot uh nah it should be a Habs jersey um yeah, yeah, he had a whole bunch of good moments. Whether it's you know torching Vancouver, um, you know scoring that game-winning goal against the Jets out in the second round of the playoffs to to kind of seal the clinch there. Um, yeah, no, he he was good vibes all around. Uh, and uh, you know him and Caulfield on the same line, great vibes. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a great year. And I will I will continue to appreciate what he brought to to my experience as a fan. Um, all the way back when. So. Uh, yeah, shout out to Tyler Foley. Hopefully, he wins a cup in Calgary. That would be fun. He brings mm-hmm. yeah, playoff gets an, experience. He gets another one. Uh, he brings that that trip to the Stanley Cup final. Actually, he brings a cup pedigree from he 2014, does. but also a much more recent uh, trip to the Stanley Cup final with the worst team in Stanley Cup final history. <laughs> which, if the Flames get there, would also be a pretty bad one uh, compared to other Stanley oh, Cup finals. Oh come on! Oh come so, on! That would be that bad. They're, they're a good team. Well, no. Habs level, but okay. You know what? Yeah, I guess you're right. Actually, like, and there have been a lot of pretty bad Stanley Cup final teams recently, like Dallas yeah, and Dallas. the bubble. Like, yeah, oh. I, I guess we're on a bit of a cold stretch here with Dallas and Montreal. Before that, it was Boston, who were the favorites anyway and lost. Uh, before that, it was Vegas, who decidedly rocked. Um, and yeah, I think I think Dallas. I think maybe we have some recency bias here with bad Stanley Cup finalists in general. In the grand scope of things, if, Cal- if Calgary made it. Uh, they'd probably be on the on the lower end of things. Yeah, it would be acceptable. I think it would be acceptable. What, they won nine games in a row right now. Top of the Pacific. It's, it's a good team. They're rolling. They're seriously you think they're rolling. Back? <laughs> you think, you think, I don't know. I don't think so. That's the rumor. Uh, That's because Jordano's on the yeah. trade block. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If they bring him back, do they name him captain immediately again? That'd be kind of weird. That would be very weird. Kind of getting back to getting back with your ex kind of vibes, you know? Um, because because it was it was it was it the smoothest of separate like because they didn't protect them and shit, uh, in the draft. Yeah, I, well, I don't I don't think he. I didn't hear anything about ill will or yeah, anything. I, don't, I didn't hear it was acrimonious. I don't think he. Still kind of strange. And it was the smart choice based on the other younger defensemen they had, who were also signed for longer. Um, but yeah, I think that would decidedly be awkward to bring him back. Uh, and either whether you name him captain or not, immediately. That'd be pretty awkward. So yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Nah. I think they'll look elsewhere. It's too much history. Uh, but I don't. I don't think they have a captain right now, right? Too much so, baggage. Too much. Too much baggage with Mark Giordano and the Flames. You can't have it. Uh, but yeah, I don't. You know, with the Foley and the Flames, so he can light up the Canucks even more now. Good for him. Um, uh-huh. he's he's back at home. Remember last year, part of everyone making fun of the Canucks was like when they lost all those players. Yeah. It was like Markstrom and Tanev both both went. Right to Calgary, yeah, like right next door, yeah. and now to Foley, who was also on that exact same team. We got Vancouver expats uh, in, yep. in Calgary now. It's uh, it's a pretty good bit. Shout out to Bradshaw Living for sticking with it. Really, really rubbing sticking the noses bit, in it. Yeah. yeah, sticking with a bit, acquiring former Canucks that are that are good. Uh, I don't know about Tanev, but certainly Markstrom. And Tanev's Foley. Tanev rocks. Well, yeah. I haven't kept track. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Quinn is that part of the thing? With like, uh, he was like the perfect stable partner for Quinn Hughes. Now Quinn Hughes can't find his footing ever since he's left. Uh, like that, his rookie year was still his best season. Damn, tough, tough shit, tough shit. So yeah, Vancouver, 
bad off season. Guess you shouldn't have run out of time. <laughs> Should have Jim Benning. Okay, Stop clowning on you're not even employed anymore. <laughs> uh, dude, has he not landed on his feet yet? I feel like he's the kind of guy in the industry where he probably has some sort of role right now. Let's let me look at the news. Uh no, nothing. I haven't I don't heard see anything. anything. Alright. So he's still unemployed. Uh he's living on that Aquilini money though. I'm sure he's fine. Oh, for sure. I, I look up Jim Benning, and one of the top things I see in the news is revisiting the Olio Levy trade for the Canucks. <laughs> Rough times in Vancouver. You know, I don't know worked out okay for them. Yuho Lamico has like, been in their lineup all year. It was the draft pick that sucked. I don't think the trade was that bad. Right, yeah, no. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, wow, even with him fired, we're still revisiting the old good old days, Jim. Ah, uh, yes. The, the gift that still mm-hmm. keeps on giving. Yeah, wow, Yuho Lamico's played 44 games this year. Wow. That's insane. Anyway, um, the other trade. a good thing or a bad thing for the Canucks? All right. <laughs> the other trade. Shall we Shall we get to it? Yeah. Um, Toronto and Arizona. Arizona trades in their first of presumably many. Ilya Lubushkin and Ryan Dezingle to the Maple Leafs for Nick Ritchie, the, the experiment gone wrong, and a conditional second-round pick. Which I think it was, the, it was like either a third round pick in 2023 or a second round pick in 2025. Very funny. I think this is the first we've seen. Yes. I think this is the first we've seen of a 2025 <laughs> draft pick getting thrown around, even under on a conditional basis. It may not happen, and that's kind. That's of, a funny condition. It's like, oh yeah, you can have a third rounder, or you can wait an extra two years and have a pick in one round higher. Um, and you know, it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny condition. Um, in general, I think the the Leafs, the big winners of this deal, um, Lubushkin is probably a great fit on their blue line. I was looking at that player card. He's kind of similar to uh, Yanni Hakenpa, except a little bit better, in that he suppresses shots brilliantly. Uh, almost nothing has been scored uh, while he's on the ice at even strength, which is an amazing accomplishment on the Arizona Coyotes. On the flip side, almost nothing goes in the other net when he's on the ice. He's kind of a black hole for offense player. But with all the offensive talent that the Leafs have, uh, you'd think that wouldn't be an issue. Um, the Leafs also managed to get out from under the Nick Ritchie contract. Um, Ryan Dezingle was put on waivers today, assigned to the Marlies, so that's kind of a similar like failed experiment swap who's buried in the minors right now. The difference is Dezingle is expired at the end of the year. Nick Ritchie had one more. And for from the Coyotes' point of view, that's actually probably preferable to them to have Nick Ritchie because we've gone over several times how they have basically no player signed for next season. And now they have Nick Ritchie who can play for them as like their fourth forward under contract for the season after this. Um, the only thing from the Coyotes' point of view is you're selling the Bushkin probably a player with some value uh and part of that value that is is, i guess like we're taking nick ritchie off your books um wait no sorry that's that's the opposite of what it should be i got mixed up for a second Um, my point basically is i probably would have expected them to get more futures i know they have a million draft picks um but it feels like just having extra bodies is probably something you could address somewhat easily in free agency um, while also, you know, picking up futures from these deadline deals. So it kind of seemed a little bit strange to me that that's the route they were going. 
Well, yeah, I don't think it's a matter of accumulating more bodies. I think it's a cap dump is what it is for the Leafs. Um, you know, they can't afford with their tight cap situation to have Nick Ritchie around making a stink because I know he wasn't happy about yeah, being you know, but like, it, Yeah. What I meant to say is like they're they're also doing the Leafs a favor, you know, by taking Nick Ritchie on, even though it helps yeah. them out too. Absolutely. Well, I don't so I, it, Yep. Go ahead. Yes, so it so it feels like you're doing the Leafs a favor by taking Nick Ritchie. You're also giving them the most valuable asset in the deal, which is Ilya Lubushkin. Feels like you didn't get enough of that, even though you are benefiting from having Nick Ritchie. Yeah, see, I didn't even consider the benefit of having Nick Ritchie on the Arizona Coyotes for the Arizona Coyotes because uh, I think he's a net positive of nothing. Um, he doesn't bring anything, honestly. Uh, and so, yeah, he's just a warm body uh, that was recently on in the AHL. So, you know, would I consider that a positive? No. So, you know, what they're really getting is that second-round pick. I wouldn't consider Nick Ritchie as a positive. He is what it is. It's a cap dump. The Leafs need to, you know, get rid of his contract. Uh, and, yeah, they're getting, you know, Labushkin uh, and, you know, Zingle, who's an AHLer. Uh, so, I think it's I think it's all right. You know, I think they, they maybe should have gone a bit more considering that, yeah, it is a cap dump. But then again, it's not too big of a cap dump where it's like, you know, they should ask for a lot because they could have looked elsewhere. And I'm sure the Coyotes are happy to be that team. Um but yeah, no, Lubishkin's uh, he's a solid depth defenseman, though. It's nothing spectacular. Um, if anything, he'll just like sit around as, as on the third pairing. Um, or like, you know, maybe he'll be pressed into action, more action if there's an injury on that Leafs blue line. Um, but I don't think he's he's much more than a really just a depth piece because as you said, he brings nothing offensively. So, you know, I don't think he'll be a mainstay by any means. He's just a solid pickup. Um, and I think it's a solid move by both teams. I I respect the Arizona Coyotes for uh, you know getting that pick and it's it, it, wow i'd like three years out that's crazy three years from now that 2025 pick i don't, I don't, I don't honestly i don't know if i've ever seen that um, that is a 15 year old child that that child has been yeah. was born in 2006 uh, yep. <laughs> oh god um but yeah uh, no, they'll, it, do that in, they'll do that in major junior lot they'll trade picks that are like eight years away and it's like, wow, you just drafted someone who's like in second grade or something like that. I mean, you just traded someone who's in second grade. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so so overall, I think it's a pretty even trade. Honestly, I think I think the Leafs got out well. I think the Coyotes get out well, too. What did you do? You gave up? Like, come on, it's Ilya Labushkin, and you got a second-round pick. Uh, and you took, like, a what, $1.3 million next year? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I get Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overrating Labushkin a little bit. Um, in my analysis, I suppose that's possible. Under Zingle, though, it's kind of it's quite remarkable how much his value has fallen. And I know it's because he's gotten worse. But remember uh, when he was traded from the Sens to the Blue Jackets at the 2019 deadline? Mm-hmm. He was it was Dezingle and a seventh for Anthony Duclair and like two second round picks. Like that's how high Dezingle's value was at that point. He he had 22 goals in 57 games on the absolutely terrible Ottawa Senators. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be great. And then he gets to the Blue Jackets, and he's terrible. He scores like four goals for the rest of the year. Um, and he has one goal in the playoffs. And that, that was the year they swept the Lightning. So perhaps it was worth it for that that uh, miserable franchise to get you know one shining moment of glory by winning a single playoff round. Uh, since then, though, Zingle has not gotten anywhere close to the level of, of offense he had for two years in a row, back-to-back 20-goal seasons in Ottawa. Um, and yeah, I don't know if he's going to really do that with the Leafs. I don't, I know they have like a track record of like Alex Galchenyuk is here and all of a sudden he's back to form. I don't think Dezingle's the type of player where that's going to happen. A, they just sent him to the Marlies. B, 
part of the reason I think he did so well in Ottawa was because he was on the top line and getting all the power play time. And so, you know, that allowed him to pump his numbers where he didn't he hasn't done that on uh, any other team he's been on. Even Arizona, I think he was playing on like the fourth line when he got into the lineup. So, you know, again, he kind of just fills in where Nick Ritchie was. Uh, depth that could, you know, with plenty of NHL experience, he's at almost 400 total NHL games who you wouldn't be worried about uh, putting into the lineup if you really needed to. Right, exactly. It's insurance. Um, it's it's NHL depth. It's exactly what it is. Uh, and yes, they send him to the minors. That's all you need to know about him. Uh, and the key thing about him is that he's not signed next year, right? Uh, and that's that's yeah. more than you can say about Nick Ritchie. So that's that's it's uh it's honestly pretty much a throne is how I see it. Uh, for Ryan Zingle, I can't imagine the Coyotes were particularly attached. And uh, you know, Dubas is probably like, "Ayo, hey, you want to balance the." Balance the salary out a bit. Not even, eh? Yeah, you want to balance the salary out a bit. Sure. Here we go. Have Ryan Zingle send to the Marlies. Mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, just these two trades, the Toffoli trade, the Lubushkin trade, uh, both are, or at least my initial reactions, were uh, the teams trading away the main piece could have gotten more. Um, perhaps this will be a trend moving forward. Perhaps we are in uh, something of a buyer's market uh, what, what, what's your, what's your take on that? Why yeah. do you think that is? I, I do you agree. I agree. First of all, um, I, that, that, you know, it, it does seem like a buyer's market initially. Um, but I think it's for different reasons. Um, I, I don't know if you can apply that across as a general trend for this year. Um, I mean, each trade, uh, has, its, I, I look at the Toffoli thing. I think perhaps the market underrates like the jump from having one extra season on the contract and having two extra seasons on the contract uh, seems to be much less than, you know, having half a season on a contract left compared to, you know, the extra season afterwards. Um, and perhaps that's a market inefficiency, but I think, you know, I think that's what's underrated about Toffoli in the trade is that he does have two more years left after this one um, at the, at the $4 million rate. Um, and as, as for the, uh, as for the, the Zingle trade or the Richie trade or the Libushkin trade, I don't know which one, choose whichever player you like. Um, but it's uh, Libushkin. It's the Libushkin trade. Okay. Um, so yeah, the Ryan Zingle trade. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, I think cap dumps, I think we've seen traditionally come pretty, like, except for the rare exception. Well, I guess that's what exceptions are. Um, you'll see that it's like, you're like, oh man, they're really fucked with Nick Ritchie's contract on the books next year. And it's like, they teams usually find a team that'll, that'll, that'll do it for a reasonable rate. Um, teams and, usually find the Coyotes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think, and I don't think it's, it's so bad for the Coyotes where they could have gotten more for Ilya Lubushkin. I think, I think my opinion is that you are perhaps underrate, uh, overrating him a bit. Um, because he's fine as a, like a number seven on a cup team. Seven? No way. He's yeah. in the lineup for sure. Maybe. I don't know. He's, he's for a sure. bottom pair guy at most. Second round pick. That's a lot. That's a lot. And then when you add the Nick Ritchie contract, it about balances out. So I think that's... Okay. I don't think it's outrageous. You know, I think the fully trade year it, it is slanted toward the Flames a bit. And the, and the Hats could have gotten more for a different team, perhaps. But uh, I think I'm, I'm more... I think it's more even on the, on the, on the Nick Ritchie trade. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you convinced me. Um, that one's pretty fair on both sides. But I think, uh, we've talked a couple times this year, looking at, like, the makeup of the standings, especially in the East, that for some reason, um, there has, there's just a massive gap 
between 8th place and ninth place in the conference to the point that even like a month ago, it seemed like all the playoff, or at least the teams that would be in the playoffs were pretty much settled. And it still looks that way because of how big the gap is. Um, unlikely to have any tight playoff races there. Um, so what we may have in the East is eight sellers and eight buyers. <laughs> and it norm- and normally, uh, and I know we don't, it's not necessarily, you know, a perfect perfect strategy to look at this from you know each conference isolated but normally you would have more teams in this who would want to stand bat or might even want to buy because they think they're still in the hunt now you got detroit columbus the islanders ottawa buffalo philadelphia new jersey and montreal who all would be absolutely delusional to think they have a decent chance of making the playoffs and should all try to sell their pending ufas so you probably do have a market that has more available players for buyers than normal. So maybe that's part of the reason why we may see teams like this on the lower end a little bit more desperate to trade some of these players and maybe getting not as much as they would in a regular year. No, I think you're absolutely right. That's a, that's a solid observation. Um, yeah, no, it, I think that's there's there are a lot of set buy, there are more set buyers than usual uh, in this market, and you're right to point that out in the Eastern Conference. I mean, it's crazy. Um, the Red Wings are like the team that are ninth place. Um, I actually, I don't probably not by points percentage, but uh, you know they're up yeah, in the well, mix. Yeah, they're tied with Columbus by points percentage. Right, so that's that's kind of, that's kind of all you need to know about the Eastern Conference uh, and how it's divided. There, there just happens to be exactly eight good teams in the conference this year, right? <laughs> eight bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's unfortunate for the playoff race, but that's what it is. It's just it's just how it, it shook out this year. Fun that it got split up four four by division, so we won't get a crossover. Um, but yeah, that's what it is, right? It's like a huge chasm. Like, like these eight teams are already eliminated. Wait, we can say, like, you know, it, it, it's done. It's done. So, you know, it'll be fun. I think we'll see a bit of an arms race um, because there are eight legitimate good, legitimately good teams. Um, you know, obviously, you, you know, you buy into some more than others, perhaps. Uh, I know I'm particularly low on the Rangers. Uh, but, you know, there are eight good teams, and they're going to try to – they all, you know, they all have a shot at winning their own division, winning the East. So I think it'll be interesting um, because, you know, as much as there are a lot of buyers or a lot of sellers – um, I think any of these eight teams could absolutely justify going all in this year, uh, given how they've played. Yep, I'd agree. So that's definitely something to look forward to as the deadline approaches. Um, one more thing I would like to discuss before we get to our guess who is the Brad Marchand suspension. Uh, not the fact that it was six games and it was upheld, but a little bit more information came out about it, which is uh, what exactly inspired Brad Marchand to do what he did, what aggravated him so. And apparently, it was after Tristan Jari made a save, he said, how about that fucking save? <laughs> and Brad Marchand <laughs> decided that he would have no such slander on the ice rink. Um, and what did he do? Was it like a, some kind of spear or slew foot? I don't remember. Uh, what he did was um, he, he sucker punched him, and then on the way back onto the penalty shot, gave him a little jab with the, with the, with the stick. Um, a little, okay. little high stick action. But yeah. Now you might recall... You might recall not long ago at all, after Brad Marchand chirped at Artemi Panarin from the safety of his bench, this is why no one in Russia likes you, and Artemi Panarin threw his glove at him. Brad Marchand afterward went on record saying, oh, if this is what makes guys upset, we must be the, this must be the softest league in the world. And then Tristan Jari, like a month later, says, how about that fucking save? And Brad Marchand <laughs> turns into a kindergartner, just going, you know, punchy punch, jabby jab. Six game suspension. Um, so congratulations, Brad. You're you're still a whiny little baby. 
yeah no uh not a good look not a good look um it's, it's hilarious it's hilarious that he had to like you know he had that hearing he had to like testify that that is what set him off you know they they asked him hey what did jari say and he's like ah yes he said well how about that fucking say and i just and i just benign. and i just completely lost it i couldn't see <laughs> straight anymore and i think that's yeah in, in light of the fact that a you know the panarin situation and b you know panarin didn't even like you know like soccer punch him i think he threw his glove which is like you know almost boring on funny um you know uh meanwhile marshan hears how about that fucking save and he goes you know completely psychotic and punches him on the side of the head out of nowhere so uh you know cut <laughs> very funny yeah thinking, back, <laughs> yeah thinking back to when i played hockey if i almost scored and the goalie made a nice save and i heard the goalie say oh how about that fucking save i like that that's so far down the list of things i might take offense to because <laughs> the goalie's acknowledge because partly because the goalie's acknowledging that it was a nice try you know you almost scored but i'm just i'm just too good uh so I don't know what could have possibly been going on in Brad Marchand's mind to get so upset something like that. And I saw someone point out um, there should be some kind of goalie solidarity solidarity movement where everyone says, <laughs> how about that fucking save? Every time they stop Brad Marchand and we see how long it takes him to, until he goes crazy again. Yeah, how many, punch, how, many, how many shots until he punches a goalie in the side of the head again? Um, I, think, I think, you know, I think it would legitimately set him off. I think there's the off chance. If, 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 that, one, <laughs> if that one set him off unprompted, uh, what would the effect of like, you know, 20 of them do over the course of a few games? Uh, I, for one, am a fan of that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think... You know, part of it was the anticipation, right? We saw what happened, and everyone was like, "Well, what the fuck did Jari say?" Uh, I, we all we all want to know. Like, did he did he like say some racial slur, even though he's white? But you know, what was it to that effect? Like, what what did he say? And it was yeah, about that fucking thing. Too good, too good. Um, and so yeah, uh, Brad Marchand. I think no, notable. You know, just from what from what we've learned about hockey culture over the years, if Tristan Jari had said something incredibly offensive, I find it hard to believe Brad Marchand would have sucker punched him about it yeah <laughs> that is that is some astute analysis uh and uh yeah so yeah brad marchand get it get it get it together a bit uh and uh don't be such a hypocrite next time you know yep all right well well because of that excellent relevation um we decided no time like now to select the boston bruins for our guess who this week just to give everyone an update on the situation I have six wins, Taisei has ten, and we have six ties. And we have how many teams left do we have? We have are we down to ten teams now? Uh let me let me let me open up the dog. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um hmm. Just one second. Let me see. Okay, so we have counting today. Wow, all these word documents, they won't stop opening. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> word documents. <laughs> they won't stop opening. <laughs> All right. Counting today. So we'll have nine. Nine. Nine left. Okay. Stop All right. So I'm down. We're really getting down to the wire here. I'm going to need a miracle. Um, the miracle starts today with the Boston Bruins. I'm going to, first of all, tell you all who the 25 players are that we may pick on random.org. Jeremy Swayman, Lena Salmark, Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Mike Riley, Derek Forbert, Earl Vakaninen, Connor Clifton, Jakob Zaboro, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, Nick Foligno, Eric Halla, Jake DeBress, Curtis Lazard, Thomas Nozick, Trent Frederick, Jazz Janika, Andon Bleed, and Oscar Steen. 
I did all in one breath that time. It's been a while. I should have taken a bigger breath before I started. Very nice. Um, did, did I did I manage to? What was the tie last time we played? I can't remember. What was the tie? Was it a tie last time we played? No, you you beat me last time. Oh, okay, the yeah. LA Kings. Okay, all right, and that that brings me to ten wins, or am I at eleven wins now? No, that brought you to ten. Okay, all right. Right. Oh, Let I... me just count these: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh shit! You are at eleven. Oh no. no. Wait, that was incorrect. Wait, let me <laughs> count mine. To and I'm at six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I sure am, aren't I? Ah, oh, well. The, the, the road to um, victory just got that much harder. Longer. Ah, okay. Deeper. Let's let's. I it's possible. I can do this. I can do this due to my skills. Because remember last time when we had the Kings, we were talking. You got like. Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson, and yes, I played a great game, and I I just got terribly unlucky. Yeah. So, so the we're about to regress. All right. Wait and see. Are you going to dominate this one. What's going on? All right. Exactly. All right. I'm hitting randomize. Yep. Okay. Got my player. Do you have yours? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. Charlie McAvoy. And I'm back. All right. I'll be muting in three, two, one. My player is Urho Vakaninen. Okay. All right. I'm back. Let's begin. You get you got right. home ice advantage. Um, so mm-hmm. I will I'll I'll do the guessing first, I guess. Um all right. You guess. I guess. A lot lots of drafted players, yeah. I noticed that. Um what do we got? Lots of like lots of Boston Bruin draft picks on this team. So so good on yeah, sure. Uh, for for developing, uh, I'm gonna go numbers. Uh, okay, is your player's number forty eight or less? I forgot who my player is. No, my number is not forty. My player's number is not forty eight or less. Okay, so it's fifty six or more. Let's roll. All right, perhaps I shall sort by first name. Uh, oh wait, that's the last name column. Eh, I'll do last name then. No, I want to do first name instead. First name, uh, it uh, does your player's first name. Oh, I don't sure. I love this split either. Uh, no, I don't like that split at all. Hmm, do I want to do numbers too, or should I not copy you? Or maybe we can go over to nationality. Yeah, see what's up over here. These columns. Um, well, they have a lot of Americans on this team. What's up with that? Boston. Uh, Boston. All right, how about age? Let's try this column. Why don't we? I, I don't know if I've ever taken the, this long for a first Take guess. A little stroll. He's, he's strategizing. I need to be, he needs I need it. to be a little careful. He needs this uh, here win. Oh, age. Okay. age gives me a good split. Is your player 27 years old or younger? Uh, 27 years old or younger? Yes. All right. Not bad. I can live with that. All right. Mm, the question is, should I go with numbers or should I go with first round pick? Um, hmm. Yeah, no. The, if if he isn't a first round pick, it leaves me with too many scrubs. So I'm going to go with number. Is your player's number 71 or less? Yes, my player's number is 71 or less. Right. Good shit. It is your turn. All right. Uh, was your player drafted in the top 25? My player was drafted in the top 25. 
Very interesting. I'm down to six. Six. Okay, yeah, me too. Um, hmm. How should we split these? Perhaps by by round. I think I'm going to do the first round question now. At the end of the day, was your player drafted in the first round? Yes, my player was drafted in the first okay. round. So I've got three left. All right, I'm going to ask, does your player shoot left? My player... Uh, do they shoot left? No, they do not shoot left. All right, I'm down to three players as well. Okay, Who are yours? All right. So I've got Erho Vakaninen. I've got Jacobs Worrell, Jacobs Worrell, uh, and Taylor Hall. All first round picks, all by the Boston Bruins, all in the top 18. Um, okay, two defensemen are forward. I'm going to go. Is your player Erho Vakaninen? Yes, my player is Rovakanainen. Easy work. Easy work. I would, just like, I would just like to point out, you said they were all drafted by the Bruins. Taylor oh, that's Hall was true. decidedly I, not. I, I don't know what I was thinking there. I don't know what I was thinking there. It even says Edmonton on my spreadsheet. No idea okay. what I was thinking, but uh, still worked. Still worked. They're all on the Bruins. Maybe that's what you were thinking. Maybe that was. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I got the dog. Right, I've got, I've got uh, my last three. Uh, wait, you, wait, you don't have the dub yet. Oh, that's I've true. got the chance to tie. I've got the quasi dub. Um, you got the yeah. You got the success so far. I've got star player Charlie McAvoy. I got star player David Pasternak, and I got scrub Curtis Lazar. Um, the the guess is quite clear. Is your player Curtis Lazar? Nah, my player is not Curtis Lazar. So who is it? Turns. Oh, you don't want to guess? You don't want to venture another one? Uh, is it McAvoy? It is McAvoy, the one and only. Wow, so, that, that's pretty rude. It is pretty unfair. rude. It is, it is pretty unfair. I got to say. took a star player, and I end up with a scrub. Never seen Sorry. anything like this happen before. <laughs> it's an outrage. It's an absolute scandal. Um, so let, let, let us move on. Let us try to well, in the past. I've got to say, this position of being down one nothing <laughs> is really unfamiliar for me. This has never happened before to me in a game of Fusion Guess Who. Nope. So I'm not sure. Oh, wait. It actually has happened to me all the time, and I tend to lose. Um, anyway, dire straits. Maybe not this time. Dire fucking straits, um, both in this round and also for the series. Um, yeah, it's yikes. not looking good for me at all, is it? it all right, well, it? I got my new player. Yeah, so I do I. This is the player who will bring me success. Right. Me, my incoming audio on three, two, one. Eric Hala. All right. And I'm back. I'll be muting in three, two, one. My player's a scrub to end all scrubs. Oscar Steen. Wish me luck. All right. I am returned. Awesome. I'm so okay. glad you're back to destroy me again. <laughs> okay. Thank you for is the very your... genuine welcome. All right, here we go. Is your player's number 50 or less? I have no idea. Um, no, it's not. Okay. First of all, Taking I want off all those players. I did not know Charlie McAvoy was twenty four years old. I thought he was like at least twenty seven. I was shocked. No, he wasn't though. I saw him in the, live in the World Juniors in yeah. twenty seventeen. Absurd. He rocked, and yeah, he uh in the semifinals against Russia, went to overtime. He played like half an hour in regulation and like, uh, eighty percent of the overtime or something. Wow. That's uh, and here he is, and here he is being my guess who winner. All right, uh, was your player born March first, nineteen ninety five, or earlier? 
No, my player was not born. Oh, man. That's March terrible. 1995. I'm all or nothing on that one. Now I got a bunch of Ooh. losers. Got a bunch of losers on my team. That's why. Leaving the door open for me. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm being okay. generous. Very nice. God, that's terrible. Uh, hmm. Yeah, why would you do that? So stupid. You literally, you could have just tied here on out and you would have gotten the W. What are you thinking? What are you, crazy or something? Exactly Out of your mind? That. Yeah. I've lost my marbles. Okay. Drunk on sure power. Have. All my pick, all, all my right. players are all Boston picks, except for Connor Clifton, noted Phoenix guy. Um, everybody else is a Boston draft hmm. pick. Anyways, go ahead. All right. What's your player? First round pick. My player was not a first round pick. Wow. I've got a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> well, what do you know? I made a mistake. I and my you and a bunch of nobodies. That's okay. who I have. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move along. What do we got? What do, what do I even sort this by? Oh, nationality. Nah, that's, that's that's not good. Let's go back. The number game. The numbers always come back to, uh, you know, help me out in a solid way. Um, okay. Is your player's number 62 or less? Yes. My player's number is 62 all or right. less. God, bunch of nobodies and Jeremy Swayman. So I could say a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Jeremy Swayman's not a nobody. I know. I'm teasing. Um, I'm teasing the Bruins fans up there. Okay. There oh sure. Oh sure. Uh, is is your is your player's age an even number? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna sort the Excel sheet with that? With that one. Um, I only have six left. It won't be hard. Okay. Currently, yes. They are an even number age. Okay, but last year they were an odd number, right? That's why you said currently? Yeah. That, that, that is how it works, isn't it? Um, <laughs> okay. Up until their next Just birthday. You were, like, you were like currently. So I was yeah. like, yeah, that's exactly – that's what I wanted to know. Thank you. Yeah, there we You're go. You're welcome. Moment. I gave you the information you asked for. I, I, uh, <laughs> I see nothing wrong with my statement. I got to say. All right. Um. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna do the numbers thing again. That's who's your player last round again? Do I remember? I don't remember. Well, it was back in nine, then, right? Okay. Uh, I was gonna say, why would I tell you? Yeah, that's true. Uh, why would you? <laughs> is your I'm gonna do numbers again? It gives me a nice split. Uh, is your player's number twenty three or less? No, my player's number is not twenty three or less. Oh boy, back in nine is back in it. Jesus. All right, go ahead. All right, Arc. I got three players, and I don't. I was all could be any of them. It's Connor Clifton, Anton Bleed, or Eric Howla. Um, I'm not gonna go with Clifton just because you pointed him out earlier. Um, although perhaps that was a misdirection, or perhaps you didn't even think of it. Uh, so that leaves me with Bleed or Howla. Uh, they're both scrubs. Bleed more so. Eric Howla's. Your prototypical middle of the lineup guy. So there's my guess. Your player Eric Howla. Yes, it is Eric Howla. Hey, oh, big win. I'm down bad. Well, not a win yet. Oh God, God I made the same mistake you did. See, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Do I do I dare venture another back and nine in guess? Um, you you know why I think that was because last time when I made the mistake assuming I won was because I had that star player in McAvoy that I thought no chance in hell that you're gonna guess my player right um and now it feels like the same thing because I got Oscar Steen I got Brandon Carlo and I got Erhol back and I had three complete losers um 
Um, and it's like, damn, I'm so tempted, you know, I'm so tempted. I'm so tempted because I feel like, you know, what's the, what's the difference between me picking like Oscar Steen and Brandon Carlo? Like, there's no difference. They're the same person. Um, so, you know, I might as well like go for the swing for the fences. All right. Is your player or rollback the nine in? No, if oh, I'm not, fuck, I'm I knew it. You idiot. Cloud you idiot. Cloud She's so stupid. Oh, Why would you make that guess? Why would I do that? Holy shit. Instant regret. I, I was I was blinded by the lights. The prospect of nailing back a nine and twice in a row. has to be your worst guess of all time. Tasty. What were you God, thinking? So dumb. What were you thinking? Goddamn. Was it Oscar Steen? Yes, it was Oscar Steen. No! Come on! Like that was my initial guess. I talked myself when out I, of it. When what I said this? big win, I wasn't thinking in those terms at all. I was just thinking like I wasn't thinking win for the game. I was thinking like a, a win for like my spirit that I was able to nail the one to three guess. Oh, th- did my mic <sighs> disconnect there for a second? I don't think so. Okay, sounds sounds normal. Uh, okay, it looks like it got quieter. Anyway, um. Yeah, so they're saying, like, Brandon Carlo and Oscar Steen are the same. That's not true at all. Brandon Carlo is decidedly an NHL player. Oscar Steen has played, like, 20 games this year or something. So I don't know what you're thinking about. It's a a question to be asked. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, Goddamn, I don't know why I picked that back in nine and twice. Well, you've left the door open for me. God damn. We are we're tied to one one, heading right. to game number God three, damn, the deciding so game of the Bruins match. That's so fucking bad. All right. Yeah, I had it. I knew it was first. Deep. First, first you lose a Quirtle. I'm, I'm telling the masses about it, about your failure. You lost a Quirtle. <laughs> and now this. Straight Alice. If I lose this, I'm never gonna forgive myself. It's it's gonna be the start of a slide never before seen. Ever. Okay. I guess who? I'm going to lose my All touch. Right. Do, you have, do you have your All final right. player? I do. All right. I'm going to mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. I so fucked David Pasternak. And I'm back. All right. I will mute now. Three, two, one. I got Brandon Carlo. All right. I have returned. Armed and ready to go. All right, I'm gonna go with the same. Oh wait, no, it's your it's your guess first. Yeah, it is my guess first. Uh, I'm gonna go back to what worked earlier. Um, back in, in friendlier days when I wasn't blowing it. Um, is your player's number forty eight or less? Yes, my player's number is forty eight or less. Okay, all right, that's rather unfortunate. Hi. All right, Rakanite is out of the picture. You can't cut me. <laughs> you can't anymore. hurt you anymore. I, yeah. <laughs> I am going to go I'm back trying. to the okay. initial guess that worked for me last round. Is your player's number fifty or less? Which is uh, happens to be like the exact same splitting of players. Yes, you're you're literally plagiarizing. Um, this is uh, this is the equivalent of doing my homework, taking my homework, and changing the answer a bit. Um, is your player's number forty nine right. or less? That was my player. Okay, okay, all right. No, it's not. No, the answer to both questions is no, right. by the so way. In case it wasn't upper number folks. certain. Yeah, I, I gave you a bonus question. You see there? I think I should be allowed two questions now, now that I answered your 48 and your 49. It was my 49 and 50, um, actually. 
No, we'll see. There we go. I answered your 48 too. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, is your player's number? I'm going to just keep hammering the numbers 20 or less. No, my player's number is not 20 or less. Okay. All right. I will stop hammering the numbers. Now. Okay. I'm going to keep hammering them unless the answer is the wrong one. All right. Um, hmm. How shall I split the people today? God, God, what a terrible, what a terrible bunch of people I have. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. Let okay. me, just, let me just see how this would shake out if I did this. I, I, I don't like the tone of that voice. Why not? I don't know. It, it seems like you're about to do something spicy. I don't like. This is like the exact same bunch of players I had last time. So like, they all seem a little notable in some ways. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this lot, this list, twelve names. And none of them give correct vibes, which is really disheartening. Um, okay, there, there's one guy who kind of gives correct vibes. If it's actually him, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, all right, you know what? Let's sh- you want to guess? No, I'm not guessing yet. You're insane. I have 12 players. Uh, I'm going to go with, is your, player's, uh, is your player's age an odd number? I'm going to go for it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Now with twelve, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to manually. It's a six and six, even split. Now I gotta go Google the age and see that it is an odd number. Age isn't on your uh, your spreadsheet. No, it's too confusing. I don't know what the cutoff is. You know, so like if someone has their birthday yesterday or today, I don't know if it'll change. And it's too risky, that's honestly. Why, I think it's screwing you over. There's before. no way to like so a it, birthday in like the span of three. See, that's what I always um. I always do my spreadsheets the day of. So if it's a birthday, then I get it in. So yes, your player's age is an odd number. Yeah, okay. it is. Like, like, like Jack Studnika, for example. His birthday was what? Fucking two days ago. So, so it's like, I, don't I made know my spreadsheet. Sports reference today. is a. Yeah, but I don't know if, if uh, Sports Reference has uh, updated the age. So Sports Reference is shout out to them. I, that's where I get my spreadsheets. Or at least my initial data, friendly. and then I fuck around with it. Wow, loser! No wonder you lose all the time. All right, here we go. My turn. Six players left. A lot of correct, like no, not a lot of correct. A lot of like notable players, and I don't like it. Like I'm uncomfortable with this situation, this setup. Um. Okay, is your player? Hmm, we gotta split these people. Up. All right, do they shoot or catch left? My player does not shoot or catch left. So, bye-bye the goalie who shoots left or catches left. All right, I got Stadnika, Carlo, and Patrice Bergeron. I don't know why I said his name so weird. All right, go ahead. Okay, let me try to work this group down to three. Should I go back to numbers? Ah... Ooh, no, I don't like the way those numbers shake out. Oh, unless, no, I only have one odd number number. Um, anyway, uh, how about last names? How does that look to us? No, that is equally unappealing. How about first names? How does this look to us? Ooh, I like this one. Is there, does your player's first name start with a letter in the first half of the alphabet, A to M? First name? First name. Yes. First half. All right. First so goodbye to Oscar, Thomas, and Urho. Hello to Brad, David, and Jake. 
Okay. All right. You know what's you know what's funny about my three players? Um, they're the only three players on the roster who are Boston Bruins second round picks. So I should have just started with that. Is your player a Boston Bruins? Is your player a Boston second round pick? I would have gone to exactly where I was, but much earlier. And I do not appreciate that. All right. So we got three players, all very notable. Obviously, Patrice Bergeron, Patrice Bergeron. Brandon Carlo was just there last round, and you told me how he's somewhat significant. He's in NHL. NHL. Jackson Nicka is the birthday boy as of like two days ago, and I pointed that out. Um, all right. This is so tough. This is so tough for no reason. All right. Is your player Jackson Nicka? No, my player is not Jackson Nicka. Oh, that's terrible. What the hell is going on? All right. Back when I said there were 12 players left and only one of them was giving me correct vibes, uh, that player is still on the board. That player is Jake DeBrusque. Is your player Jake DeBrusque? No. No! No, I better have it. Oh, come on. You love to see it. You love to fucking see it. All right. God damn. What is going on? Brandon Carlo, Patrice Bergeron. God. Like, I'm, I'm tempted to do the stupid thing again. Like, I feel like if I snipe Patrice Bergeron right now, it would be the greatest fucking thing. But if I miss, it's like I blow the game um, on levels that we have literally never seen on this podcast. So, uh, and that's not a misuse. Uh, that's not a misuse of the word literary. Uh, it would be that bad. All right. Fuck it. I'm playing it safe. I'm a fucking coward. Is your player Brandon Carlo? Yes, my player is Brandon Carlo. Oh, oh, oh. Thank <sighs> God. I would have died. I would have straight up been dead. All right. So if, if I really, I, I'm God. sitting here having to choose between two of the best wingers in the world. Uh, Brad Marchand and David Pasternak here. How is this? I, I've never been so certain of anything that your player was Jake DeBrusque when I was down to those final three. <laughs> you know, honestly, <laughs> even when I had the 12, I was like, oh, it's got to be DeBrusque, right? Uh, turns out it wasn't. <sighs> Very sad. I need to pull out this tie. We got Brad Marchand, who was literally the reason we're doing this segment, which makes him even more notable than he normally would be, even though he would always be notable. We got David Pasternak, who rocks as well, and who I had near the end of the first round, when it was him and McAvoy, and some other scrub who I guessed instead of them. I don't even remember who it was. That said, I'm going to stop rambling and follow my heart because my heart has been always wrong in the past and it's due for a win. So, is your player David Pasternak? Wow, your your heart pulls through. Hey, the heart hey, undergoes regression. Regression. <laughs> regression. My heart. Yay. That's what we're calling this. Wow. How poetic. How poetic. Um. All right. Pulls out the tie. Should have been a win for me. Absolutely. I had it completely fucking blown it with... Who did I guess? Uro back and I didn't. You cost me everything. You, you cost me everything. Stop blaming Uro. Uro didn't do anything. You're, no. You're the one who guessed. I will blame Uro. I blame Uro. Oh, man. Uh, Should have bl- picked Oscar City. That's going to haunt me for the rest of my you life. Know, I got to say, um, the fact that, once again, you had, you had McAvoy in round one, and Pasternak in round three, and I still pulled out the tie, I think is very impressive on my part, and I deserve the, the win this time. <laughs> Sorry. That's not how it works. Sure it I, I do not agree to this. 
I don't agree to this. Well, so. anyway, we're at seven ties now. We are officially back to more ties than Alex wins. Um, and six, eleven, and seven. Uh, things are still not looking looking pretty bleak for me in terms of the, the prospects of winning the the thirty two team series. Yeah, no, absolutely. If I win next time, I'll clinch at least a tie in the thirty two team series. Um, so that's what we'll be. That's not true, is it? We'll be seeking to do. I think so. Well, because if you uh, win, I'm up by five. If you win, you'll be up by six wins, and then we'll still have eight games uh, left. Which I, I completely miscounted. All of them. I completely miscounted. No, don't mind my math. It's not a good day. Um, I'm completely thrown off by the back of nine. And, uh, anyways, so yeah, eight teams left. We're coming down to the wire potentially if you win more games. Um, you know the suspense is real, and uh, so yeah, keep keep tuning in. You never know what might happen. And I need you more than ever. I started way too early, but the punchline is regression to the mean of my heart. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, what, what's with this musical interlude? Uh, <laughs> very well done. Very well executed. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's. I think that's about it for the episode. Do we want to give a quick shout out to the Olympics? Hockey? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not much to say Go there. Ahead. But uh, sure. I mean, the Olympics happened. I think they're just about over. I think the closing. Eh, they are over. I think. Eh? Oh, really? Don't watch too much. But I did uh, tune into the uh, women's final, and I thought that was great. A lot of people did for an 11 p.m. game. Great shit. Tons of people tuned into that game, and it was uh, yeah, it was spicy. It was exciting, mm-hmm. and Canada won. You love to see it, Marie Philippe Poulet. Uh, what a legend! Another golden goal, two goals and an assist. So clutch. And uh, on the other side, Finland won for the men's. And uh, congratulations to Leo Komarov, Olympic champion. And Valtteri Filipula, don't forget. Uh, I yeah, I, uh, I've been going to bed significantly earlier than usual lately because I've been having to wake up earlier uh, due to in-person school mostly. So I was not able to catch much of the women's gold medal game. But I watched the highlights the next day. That was a good time. Marie Filipula... Um, I think this is at least her third time scoring two goals in an Olympic gold medal game, which is so which has to be one of the most bonkers athletic fuck? achievements of all time, or or at least <laughs> Olympic history. And I think she, she was she's only third. She was eighteen in Vancouver twenty ten. She scored both goals in a two nothing win in the gold medal game in twenty fourteen in Sochi. She was twenty two. Um, Team USA was winning two nothing late. Uh, someone scored for Canada. Then Mary Philip Blaine scored the tying goal and the winning goal in overtime. Gold medal on her back and she did it again this year it's insane uh she's got to be one of the best hockey players of all time yeah how crazy is it that like she pulled off the golden goal and when she was 18 years old and then just you know that that one player happened to like become one of the best players of all time uh pretty wild and uh yeah no that's uh (laughs) it's crazy um it's like you know, heading into this Olympics, it was like, oh, she's going to do it again. And then she went ahead and did it again yep. with three points in a gold medal game. Like, that's that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Unheard of. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very cool. Very cool. And uh, yeah, it's hella entertaining. Honestly, I've watched more and curling than hockey at the Olympics, though. Um, just <laughs> like in, like the mornings I wake Any up and like, eat there? breakfast, that tends to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh um, yeah. hockey wasn't any analysis uh analysis uh 
you know, they're pretty good at it, I guess. I then I mentioned that mm-hmm. I mentioned on this podcast that curling is a sport, one of those sports where it always feels like when they make a shot, it's like, wow, that was so impressive. And when they miss, it's like, how did you miss? Just put the thing where you want to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like when yeah. I was watching the, uh, the women's semifinals, both matches were on at the same time one morning. Uh, I think it was like two days ago. Um, yeah, it was, or was it yesterday? No, it was two days ago. It was Friday. And there was Japan, Switzerland, and there was Great Britain, Sweden. And Great Britain, Sweden was in an insanely high-scoring game. Um, there were a bunch of points and a bunch of ends. Last end, it was 11-8 for Great Britain. And even and Sweden had the hammer. But you would think, if your only job in an end was to make sure the other team didn't score three points, that'd be pretty easy. Yet they yet they failed, and Sweden scored three points. <laughs> and it went to the extra end where Great Britain won. But it's just like, wouldn't you just like immediately like you know knock out the opponent's rock and then they'll score one at the end but who cares like wouldn't that be the the strategy i think uh i think that's the the thing is to prevent such boring strategies from occurring in the last end you're not allowed to like just knock the fuck out of the other team's rock up until like the fifth rock of the end oh oh yeah that's Um, a rule isn't it it is the competitive thing um but still but still, it feels like even with that in place, you could have some fail-safes implemented so that you don't give up three fucking points in one end when that's your only job. That's the only thing you're guarding against. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> they couldn't. Um, but yeah, it's always it's funny because I was also watching the Canada-Sweden men's semifinal and Canada was down by one in the last end with the hammer. And it would have been pretty easy for them to score a point and get to the extra end. But they say like, if you don't have the hammer in the extra end, your chances of winning are about 10% of uh, of stealing when all the other team has to do is get one point. Because most of the time, I think, steals will come when another team takes a risk for, risk for several points that ends up backfiring. Uh, or at least that's a somewhat common thing. Uh, so Canada, led by Brad Gushu, basically went, no, we're going to, instead of scoring this one point, we're going to try this extremely difficult shot to get two and go for the win right away. And it didn't quite work. Ah, so what you're saying is analytics boy Brad should have followed the eye test. That's not what I'm saying. Pushed it, pushed it to the extra end. Maybe he would have won it. Maybe he should have had the showdown with the Swedish dude. Maybe he should have had more guts. Trusting the numbers. Trusting the numbers. Analytics boy, nerd. Terrible. No wonder he lost. I love how it's like, oh yeah, if they went to the extra end, it's a 10% chance. Try that shot. It's maybe like, I don't know, 20%. And you're like, ah, oh, he failed, so he must have been wrong. Whereas odds were extremely Exactly. That's, that's how that's how analytics works, right? That's how that's how we that's what we know. So thank you for your very introspective analysis there. I'll, I, I'm, I'm happy to have taken away that Brad Gushu is, is an absolute yeah, nerd. My, my final, um, and, and in uh, conclusion, yeah. curling is not played on a spreadsheet, folks. <laughs> all right Th- thank you much, on an ice sheet. um wow. <laughs> that happens to be spread out over the ground it's played with played with grit it's played with grit hard can't play with no numbers wow mm-hmm. I, I brad gushu is the kyle Dugas super fun of curling it is super fun yeah i want to get back to i it. miss it too yeah maybe shout one out day. to curling shout out to curling all right is it time to pick a team for this week 
All right, let's do it. What do we? Let's look at the standings. What's a team we haven't covered? We keep saying every week that we should make a list, and I'm going to get down to it one of these days. Yeah, I can, yeah, you uh, can take care of that. Covered. Uh, yeah. Uh, have we done the Blues? I don't think we have. All right. Have well, we? it looks like they don't play much this Maybe. week anyway. So oh, they play Tuesday, Friday, and that's it. Sunday. That's not, oh, Sunday's. Uh, I don't. I, that's too late. Let's pick a different team. Yes. Uh, okay. We did Nashville. We did Florida. We did. Do the Jets. The Jets are so astoundingly mediocre. I don't even know if they're worth a do this week. Yeah, let's do them then. But, sure, uh, let's do the. Let's do the. Who gives a shit, Jets? Oh, man. Seriously. Why not? Why not? Uh, okay. Wait. How's their schedule? I haven't. Monday, I haven't looked Wednesday, at it. and Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's, wow. Hey, look, they're playing on all the off days too. The days where most teams don't play. They're that. Un, they're that irrelevant. Pick up Jets for fantasy. That's if you're looking for a win this week. That's that's your in. Yeah, I'm playing some. Um, uh, yeah, we're at the start right. of the season. People are like, "Don't sleep on the Jets." They just got Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty comfortable sleeping on the Jets. They're kind of ass. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sleeping soundly right <laughs> was, now. Sleeping soundly. Proven right. Remember, I, I think uh, I don't think you came up with it, but remember when we did our fantasy draft at the start of the year. And people kept being like, oh, this is my sleeper pick. And Thomas Dulles said, oh, yeah, they'll be sleeping all year. I know that's the funniest thing. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, that's good. We'll watch the Jets this week. I've got actually, I have a fantasy stack on the Jets. So, you know, hopefully Nikolai Ehlers comes back and has a good time. See, someone sent, I think, uh, Jay okay. Fresh, like a, or Dumb Decision, maybe, or someone else, Sam Stern, I don't know. Uh, like, trade proposals he's like send me your trade proposals and someone's like mark Sheffield the rangers for alexi lafreniere and Braden schneider and a second round pick or something and everyone's like wow that'd be a massive win for the jets um but the results of the poll were like not actually extremely lopsided because mark Sheffield's he's kind of he's, he's a weird player because he always puts up extremely high totals um but is pretty bad defensively and his teams are never that good so it's a yeah. weird player who we're gonna learn more about this week? There we go. Maybe a, maybe a focus on Mark Shifley this week. See what works with him. All right. So that's that. Anything else you want to add before we uh, call it a week? Nope, that's it. Thanks for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast this week. Next week we will return, as we always do, talking about the Jets, uh, and with a super hyper focus on everyone's favorite player, Mark Shifley. We've just decided, and if I had to guess, there'll probably be some more trades to talk about as the deadline is now about a month away. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, Fusion at Hockey Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Taisefu and at Alex's New Handle. And you can send this podcast to one person. The end.